This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEN. Welcome back to another episode of Sporting Max brought to you by Bastion GRP. For all your specialist needs in recruiting, engineering and defence, go to bastiongrp.com. Joining me is the one and only, the legend, prime trade, Tom Bolsch. Tom, it's great to have you in today. How are you at the moment? I'm great, mate. I'm great. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Very good. Now, you actually got my uh, my last name right as well, so I'm very impressed <laughs> by that. I've had Baluch, Balosh, I've had everything this year, so you've done incredibly well there. I'll give you, I'll give you ups to start. Well done. Now, obviously, you've been through a bit of rehab uh, mm-hmm. in the last few weeks. How have you felt that at the moment? Mate, it's been fantastic. I think that I just needed... Uh, I think that my body probably got injured at the right time. Like yep. I was, I've probably played footy nonstop for the last three years. I've gone from playing um, kind of winter footy into playing summer footy in the NTFL, which has been nonstop. So I think that eventually once I got to, to get that little bit, bit of a break, I went overseas for a bit as well, which was fantastic, and then kind of uh, come back and it's, uh, it's good to be back playing footy. Yeah, absolutely. Can you take me through, I guess, that rehab process for you? Because obviously playing footy, like I mentioned, non-stop would have been just like almost a tearing process for you. Yeah, it was It was difficult. And it's difficult because my whole business is based around playing footy yeah. a lot of the time. So like I do game day vlogs and I do, you know, obviously post a fair bit on social media with footy type stuff. So it was difficult for me to kind of so take that So did you have to come up back. with like different initiatives and stuff like that, like live yeah. in rehab? Yeah, 100%. And um, yeah, I had to find new ideas for for posting really yeah um but yeah i think that the process for rehab was um obviously did my ankle uh, tore a few ligaments so i had to focus on um keeping my endurance up which was kind of bike exercise that mm-hmm. sort of stuff a bit of swimming in there as well and then um kind of keeping the upper body strength as well and, and then just kind of the rehab process strengthening the calf the quad the muscles um obviously in that left leg now talk us through growing up obviously coming from perth and a wa boy what was that like Perth was great. I, uh, I grew up in country, Western Australia, which um, I think some of the best people in the world come from the country. So yeah. big country fan. And then uh, grew up and went to high school in, in Western Australia at, at um, Hale School in Perth. Yeah. That was fantastic. I enjoyed Boarding that. school? Boarding school. Yeah. So I was actually at boarding school until, until year 10. Yeah. And um, then I got my, my own apartment in year 11. Um, so I was, how old are you now? I'm year 10 this year. Year 10, yeah. So you get to, once you get to kind of uh, year 10, you like want a bit more freedom and boarding house didn't really have that freedom for me. Yep. Like they're very strict on getting out, getting in, what times, etc. Yep. So I uh, I said, you know, I'm going to get my apartment, got an apartment and um, the rest is kind of history there. So um, ended up just being a day boy for year 11 and 12, which is great for footy. It was great for... Um, just myself kind of growing up as well, you've got to figure out how to do laundry, cook yourself food, you've got to grow up pretty quick and that really helped me. You know, a lot of people say, um, whether they're telling the truth or not, that I'm mature for my age and it probably started me jumping into the team <laughs> back then, a bit like you actually. Talk us through your junior pathway in footy and I guess how that kind of evolved. Yeah, so I started playing footy for East Perth. Um, I was playing Hale footy, so school yeah. footy, which was big over there. And I'm sure it's pretty big yeah, here massive, in, yeah. in, in Victoria as well. And that was kind of your first point of call. Everyone goes and plays footy uh, for their school first and secondary for that. Is that and almost like playing. representing your country in a way? Pretty, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> right. school, kid, footy, yeah. oh, school footy is just built different, man. It's like yeah, everybody, if you play like firsts, you're like, yeah, first, first 18, you're legend around the school. You yeah. Know, you're quite, you, 
you leave on early on a Friday. It's like, like the US where you've got the, you've the got big jacket. And, yeah. You've got the jacket, yeah, you're walking around, you've got the first aid eat on the back and when everyone's still in class, you miss the first or the last two periods of every Friday because you have to go off and start getting prepared for, for playing footy. So that was always um, always really cool. And yeah, that was that was huge for me. And I guess my pathway kind of began there and then kind of playing a bit of Colts footy um, for, uh, for East Perth, which was also fantastic. And then moving over here, I, yeah, I ended up uh, moving to, to the East Coast and playing Neeple for, uh, for the Aspley Hornets. Were you always, I guess, a bit of a gym freak? As a kid, I I wasn't. I was. Um, my mum is a gymnastics teacher. Yeah. So I was into gymnastics kind of growing up, which is um, fantastic for flexibility, strength, yeah. all that type of stuff. Really, really good. And then it wasn't until I think it was when I was the end of year ten, so I would have been fifteen, sixteen. And I remember um, I was a very skinny kid, like extremely skinny, like borderline. People thought that I had eating disorders because yeah, I was right. so skinny. And um, it wasn't because I. Like wasn't eating or I was just so active as a kid. Yeah. You know, I'm always running or very energetic, so I was doing a lot of things. And I think that um, I got to a stage after a footy season, I felt like I was just so far behind the rest of the kids. Yeah. And I was like, I really need to like focus on kind of going to the gym and sorting my life out of the yeah. bit. So <laughs> I think I went to the gym and uh, started getting started with that, and really never looked back. I, I really started to enjoy my own training. But then I really enjoyed studying it and then helping other people to come along with me. And my sister was one person that, that kind of comes to my mind initially because she was someone that struggled a little bit with her weight, which was very different to me. Um, she was more to the overweight side and I was underweight. And she wanted some help from me. And I was like, hey, like, let's do this, let's do that. And I, once I started to see her progression physically, mentally, emotionally from um, what she started to achieve, and I guess I held her hand through that, that was the most fulfilling thing for me, and I guess that set up my life for trying to help people in, in training and fitness. So, did you see like an impact in the level of footy you were playing when you did hit the gym? Yeah, probably. I, I started in a pre-season, and I was like, I'm just going to start smashing the gym as hard yep. as possible because it was um, it was something that you know you see all these videos online. So you know, train, you know, yep. once a day, twice a day, get up at six a.m. So I started doing it, and it actually was pretty detrimental because. I went too crazy and started training too much. Yeah. So I was doing all this preseason running and then kind of doing all of these gym workouts and I ended up having osteitis pubis, which is basically like the inflammation of the groin. So inflammation of hips and yeah. it was a really difficult injury. It basically just happens from overwork. So I think that figuring that out um, and how much I need to uh, kind of take my training, and that's the first time that you learn that you actually have to um, figure out how much training you're going to do to, yeah. to maximise it and not overtrain. So that was probably the start of all of that. Did you make any, I guess, state teams as a kid or on a 16s and 18s? Because, I mean, yes. there was a draft profile and I've read online um, <laughs> for a little while about yourself. Yeah, there was um, there was a little bit of a, of a profile there. I, I played for a few different states. I played a state over and then state Queensland. But because I, So what actually happened in the middle there is um, when I was in year seven, we moved over to, to Queensland. My parents went over and started living um, in Mackay, which is yep. north Queensland. And so they were in Queensland while you were doing school in well, WA. Yeah, exactly. So that's why they sent me to boarding school. Yep. And then I got my own apartment because yep. they, were so, they were on the other side of the country, right? So that was, um, like I said, you grow up pretty quickly doing that. But going through that process of moving over to um, to Queensland, I was in the like Gold Coast Suns Talent Academy, which like yep. every kid is in the Gold Coast Suns Talent Academy. Yeah, because like, it's all know, rugby there. Yeah, yeah. you think like, 
oh my god, I'm gonna get drafted, yeah. you know, and and uh, that was probably like I'd come back and I'd play for kind of Queensland because my home address was Queensland, but I went to school and. Um, in Western Australia, so I'll, sometimes I'd come back and, and play for the Queensland teams. But um, if I'm 100% honest, I was—I uh, don't think I was ever at that level of, of a player, and I still don't know. It's funny because I get comments like, "This guy should be in the AFL." Like, I don't think I should, and I've never ever said in any of my content that I should. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of the times people do get—I uh, I guess an idea that because of what I'm posting, I'm trying to get to the AFL. Mm-hmm. Or I'm trying to um, prove prove that I'm that I'm good enough but um, really the reason I do it is is motivation and entertainment at the end of the day. Talk through your first role in I guess a country footy club or at local level. Mm. First as in this year? As in the very first. The very first. Well the very first local footy that I probably started to play was when I was up in Mackay and I was yep. playing um, I would have been 15 and <laughs> Funny story. Uh, playing like, seniors. Playing seniors. And so, um, again, very, very skinny. And that yep. was also, I had to start going to the gym so I could match with those blokes. But my old man, so he would have been 40, 45. Yep. And he was playing in the seniors as well. So wow. he was playing in the ones. Um, and he was kind of in and out of the team. And, and I was kind of like flying back to play. And um, by the, you know, dad played all the finals and, and we played all the finals together one year when I was 15. And, we thought, let's try and win a grand final together. And so, you know, I was flying back from Perth. Um, our season finished in Perth, and I was trying to play in this grand final. And um, we played in the grand final. We lo- lose by three points. So it was oh, shattering, shattering, and, and we were very unhappy Would have been with incredible that. to play with your dad, though. Would like, that been, experience would have been... Would have been incredible. And then the next year, we said, let's do it again. Yep. Let's try and do it. Yep. So we come back, do the same kind of thing. And, and unfortunately, I come back for the grand final, and dad gets dropped the grand final <laughs> so he, he played the twos the twos lost and the ones unfortunately got the win or fortunately but uh, we missed out <laughs> on playing in a grand final together but I think that one of the best experiences ever in my football career was being able to play with my dad like that was so cool sometimes we kick it to each other and it was, it was a really cool experience so that was that's probably my first real cool memory and best memory of local footy so then when did you start getting into I guess the social media side of things and I guess what age so social media for me started when I was, I'm 23 now, and it would have started two years ago, so yeah. probably 2021, 20, around yeah. then. And it didn't have anything to do with footy at the start. My yeah. social media was all about training and all about fitness, yeah. and it was all about training like an athlete, don't train like a bodybuilder. So the first few videos, did they take off straight away? They did, or, yeah. yeah. So I probably had four videos, five yeah. videos that were like 20 views, you know, like yeah. nothing, absolutely nothing. And then... One of them hit and it kind of got like 50K and I was like, yeah. oh, this is cool. Like, and then it's just about almost recycling that kind of content and making yeah. it more, expanding on it. So kind of did that a few times and then really started to pick up. We were hitting, you know, a million views on almost every video. And it was it was just crazy for me and um, very humbling. And, and the followers started to compound after that. And uh, that was kind of the start of, of TikTok for me. And, and then probably after a year, I struggled to um, to not let my passion come through. My passion's footy. It always has mm-hmm. been. It always will be. So I think that eventually I was like, um, yeah, my passion's footy and I'm going to start posting some content on it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, can you talk to me about how important it is to separate, I guess, an unconventional workout program to, I guess, training like an athlete? Because there's a lot of things, 
uh, out there and especially on social media that you know you've got to train like a bodybuilder in order to play AFL football or to be a basketballer and things like that. But when really realistically, you have to train like one of those athletes. Exactly right, and and for me it was it came from experience because yeah. when I was in year eleven, I thought I was a legend. Went up for a for a big uh, big mark. I remember breaking breaking my ankle, and it was quite a horrific break. And it was something that I remember, and I was like, I'm doing squats in the gym. I'm doing like like I haven't ever taught my like so I'm doing squats. I'm maximizing my strength. I'm getting stronger so I can jump higher. But then I haven't taught myself how to land. Yeah. I haven't taught myself how to change direction effectively. Yeah. My biomechanics are way off and it's like, yeah, you can get strong in the gym, fantastic. And like you might jump a little bit higher, but... Being able to apply it to a game situation. Exactly. And then reduce your injury risk as well. So I think that that's where it all really started for for me. And that's a big memory that that always comes to me and always you, you end up learning the hard way, I guess. But it is so different, right? If you're training to be a bodybuilder, if you're training to be... A um, you know, trained to be an athlete, completely different modes of training, and you've got to be really conscious. Um, especially sometimes you just go to commercial gyms, and um, the athlete is is trying, you know, they're doing their box jumps and their plyometrics, mm-hmm. and sometimes people are looking at them like, "What are you doing, bro?" But like, that's that's how athletes train. You know, we've got to be we've got to be ready for for the sport that we play, and um, and you know, everything's about reducing injury risk, really maximizing performance, reducing injury risk, and if you can kind of fifty fifty plan to that, then you'll go a long way in becoming a better athlete. Consistencies of social posts is obviously key. How do you find that at the start? I mean... Yeah, great call. It's it's just so important. You know, like it's... To find the right algorithm and things like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think the most yeah the most important thing is finding your niche. Yeah. What is your niche? Um, and my niche initially was trained like an athlete, you know, athletes, targeting athletes. But then as well, you, you end up kind of you do like a hashtag bodybuilder or something in there as well and bodybuilders all go, oh, this isn't the way to train, you know, like, it's like obviously not. If they all get involved. Though, they yeah. get involved, right? And, and I think that if you if you do want to start off on, on social media, it's really good to be controversial but not to the point where it's like belittling people. Yeah. It's more like you can kind of, yeah, be controversial but that doesn't mean you need to belittle people and take people down. Like that's not the way to do it. Um, at all, but I think that yeah, it's really important to get get your niche right at the start, and then it's just about posting every day. And it's like it's 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 a hassle sometimes. Some people might think, oh, your job's easy. It's posting on social media, and you know there are harder jobs out there. Yeah, granted. But when you've got to post, you know you've got to post a couple times a day on stories, Snap mm. stories. You've got to post YouTube, YouTube Shorts, TikToks. Now you've got the threads, you've got Twitter, mm. you know, you've got... It's a lot to cover, oh, yeah. It's a lot to cover, man, and, and, and it's difficult, so it's sometimes you've got to get some people on board to help you. Yeah, absolutely. Now, obviously, your first 150,000 followers from Train Like an Athlete, how do you try and incorporate that footy side and your game into that? Mm, I think that it, it actually really started from doing these game day vlogs, and it was a yep. different thing that I thought of. I was like, oh, I'm going to do these game day vlogs, and... And not many people, I think one time when I had like 150,000 followers, like the first 150 were all from training. And then I yep. posted like a video of me playing sport. Or I think that there was, there was a comment saying, oh, you always post about being, you know, athletic. Let's see some proof of it. Let's and see just, proof. Yeah. And I just yeah. posted like a highlights video of like footy and it got like a million views. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I'll keep running with this thing. Yeah, like yeah. people obviously <laughs> like it. And um, so I just kept kept on posting that sort of stuff, and uh, it kept getting views. So I guess that's where it started, and then kind of that 
compounded into doing like game day vlogs and stuff, which people really enjoy and find a, um, I think that they find a little bit of uh, advice and motivation out of them, which is which is really important for me. If I change, if I do this for whatever it is, five years, and I change one person's life or motivate them to do something, then I'm happy with that. Talk us through the incident in the 2021 NTFL playing for New South <laughs> <laughs> That is it's what everyone wants to know. That is a great question. And I know straight away I knew what you meant when you said the incident. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was a <laughs> boiling hot day in Northern Territory. I think we're down by 100 points and, um, and I decided... Down by 100. Down by 100, yeah. We're getting smashed. Last game of the season. There's no more than 10 minutes to go and I, I thought, oh, bloody... I'm getting a bit of stick from the crowd and they're, yeah. they're running out... Um, few cans to me and uh, eventually someone runs out of beer to me and I said, oh, buddy, I'll have a swig of it. So I had a, had a drink and at the time I thought nothing of it because I think I was a bit naive and it wasn't until um, I ended up getting a, you know, ended up being like four or six game suspension um, in the end for, for what I did, putting the game into disrepute is what they said and I think that for me it was difficult to wrap my head around that but once yep. I realised that yep. that like you've got a, you're a role model, especially in the Northern Territory. Mm. You're a fly-in player. You've you've got to have respect for um, for the game, and and that was the wrong decision from me. Um, having a beer while the game's going on, like like I said, you're a role model. You've got to um, set an example for kids. You've got to set an example for for many different people, and and that wasn't the right thing to do. So I do regret it, but um, but at the same time, it was it, I, I probably wouldn't change it. Yeah, absolutely. What about engaging kids and in terms of um, your audience and bringing people to local and country footy? I think that's the goal, isn't it? Like, the AFL is so... The AFL is great with what they do. Yeah. They're fantastic. But there is uh, almost a form of neglect for grassroots football. Yeah. Um, local football is struggling. Um, there are a lot of teams that, that are folding. Um, there's a lot of teams that are, that are struggling to put teams on the park and they used to be able to field three teams and now they barely, you know, they can barely field one. So I think that that's, um, it's really difficult to to see that happening. And uh, I think that the biggest thing for me to do and, and something that I'm really going to focus on next year is is getting around to as many local clubs as possible mm-hmm. and, and trying to do as much content as possible on, um, on bringing those local clubs together and, and bringing people to those games because... Like I said, I think that I think that there is a little bit of neglect for those grassroots um, clubs, and yeah, realistically, it's it's up to them, to, you know, to kind of make their money and, and do what they got to do with it. So yeah, I think that I think that that's probably my biggest goal to bring people through the gates and, and bring more people to local footy, and I'd love to see that change a little bit. What about when you were getting beaten last game of the season by a hundred points? Was there a lot of kids there? Because I mean, junior and local footies. A massive thing mm-hmm. that kids do get along to, and kids love to love to see. Yeah, heaps, heaps of people, and even you know, in the last two years, I've seen an incredible amount of people just come to the games. And um, I play in Wayne Grader this year, and I've seen people come to the games from Geelong, four-hour drive. You know, yeah. like, and they just come there. That I'll, I'll see them after the game. I'll take a photo, and the mum comes up and goes, "So glad that we could come up and and you know see you." Um, you know, we've driven all the way from Geelong just to see you. And I'm like, that's a four-hour drive. You know, yeah. that's fully crazy. I didn't even play that game. I was injured. So um, <laughs> I feel pretty bad for that. But that kind of stuff, 
for me is like super humbling, but it's um it's crazy to see what what kind of effect people can have on local footy if they do build a little bit of a social following around them. And like um, for anyone out there that wants to do it, I encourage them one hundred percent. It is it is just you, yeah you'll cop a little bit of a little bit of stick, but it's um it's a really good thing to do. It's a really good thing for local footy. What about dealing with backlash and things like that in terms of out on the field? You're getting yeah. things yelled at quite <laughs> regularly. And yeah. then on social media and things like that too. How do you deal with that in terms of your mentality too? I um, I, I, I don't really, it doesn't really play in my mind that much. Yeah. Like some people really struggle yeah. with it and I always say like, if you're going to post highlights or videos if you play local footy, like you're going to have to expect to come up some sort yeah. of backlash. And, and I always say I have absolutely no problem with people sitting on the sidelines and bagging me like, Go for it. It's local footy. It's footy in general. You yep. do it in the AFL. You do it at, um, you know, you do it at local games. I have no issue with it. In fact, I encourage it. I want people yep. to come to the games and feel like it's a yep. safe place for them to to shout some abuse, to go there, go there. I think that then it's the issue of when the remarks get over the line. Yeah. If it's anything like um, yeah, personal. Uh, yeah, personal. Yeah. Or I'll kill you after the game, or like something. You know, yep. something that's death threats or maybe homophobic or anything like that, then then that's when it gets over the line. And I think that it's important for, for supporters to know that that, that is uh, a step too far. But I think that, uh, that the just general chit-chat over the boundary, I was getting like a lot of people calling me Joe Dirt on the weekend, like hilarious, like let's like, play on. Yeah. Like, I, I find that funny. Um, or just whatever whatever works, I find it funny. But yeah, there's, there's obviously a line and you don't want to cross it. Fly and fly a player, how's that been, obviously? Because you've got to make big trips mm. and for the sacrifice and for country footy. It's uh, it's a lot. It's a lot, especially, you know, Wayne Grad is technically flying fly up because I drive four hours four hours, and yeah. drive back four hours. So it ends up being eight hours almost all together every weekend. So it's a full-on it's a full on commitment to, to do that travel. And then, obviously, in the NT, it's a four- or five-hour flight, four-hour flight back home. So... That can be pretty difficult, can take a pretty heavy toll on the body, that's for sure. But, uh, mate, I enjoy it. I love playing footy and, and I wouldn't know what to uh, what to do without it, to be honest. It, footy also just gives me a little bit of, uh, uh, what's the word? It just sets me straight. Like, uh, it, it's good because without footy, I don't know what the bloody hell I'd be doing. It, it sets me straight. It's really good. It keeps me honest, keeps me disciplined. So, it wouldn't change for the world. Have you ever had any weird engagements with fans that will come up to you? Or? <laughs> few weird engagements. few weird engagements. Um, definitely a couple. The beer one, obviously, is sits atop. Uh, that, that has to sit number one. But any other weird engagements? Oh, I just get some weird ones. I always get kids after the game. And, and, and I get it for AFL players, but... They always come up to me and ask for my boots. Yeah. And I don't have that many pairs of boots. Yeah. And like, I'm like, what am I going to wear? In the, or before the game, they come up to me and say, can I have your boots? So, yeah. What am I going to wear for the game, bro? Like, I yeah. Have boots. So, um, yeah, I always find that um, pretty humorous. But uh, Does anyone I, ever ask for your jersey or? Yeah, I've had a few, yeah, ask for jersey. And I generally try and give out some sort of merchandise or some yeah. something at the end of the game um, to, to some fans. But... Yeah, it's always it's, it's always a little bit difficult. Um, honestly, people are pretty respectful. Yeah. Um, to your face on social media, very disrespectful. Yeah. But uh, when it's just you one on one, everyone's uh, everyone's always pretty nice. So I've never really had any bad engagements. Launched prime training in 
2020. Can you take me through the inspiration and development of that? Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's been a long process. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy. I think we've come pretty much in two or three years, if I'm honest. Like, it's, um, it, it's come a long way. But I guess the way it started was it was actually initially called um, pandemic training. Yeah. And um, that was obviously during the, the COVID COVID virus and I thought I wasn't earning any money. I reckon I had about 20 bucks in my accounts. Um, so I was really struggling yeah. a lot um, and I wasn't getting any COVID payments or anything. So I was like, I need to figure out a bloody way to earn some money. So started selling an eight week body weight program for 15 bucks and we sold like 500 of them, which was just crazy. Um, yeah. So everyone jumped on and bought them and, and I was super humbled by that. And that um, kind of went on for about a year and then in 2021, we kind of changed and rebranded to Prime Training, and I wanted to keep the initials Pandemic Training PT yeah. um, as I'm a personal trainer, so I thought that that would be a, a good uh, little thing to do. So we kept it going, um, and uh, yeah, we, we kind of ended up, I, I say we, but it was me, it's only me, but um, I always say we for some reason, but <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, I guess I changed it and, and started to focus more on training athletes, as that's my passion. So... Started with that, and then kind of worked my way into into a little bit of um, a little bit of merch, and and then in the last probably year we've gone to supplements, and then um, a new range as well, Prime and Wine, which has been super exciting. Talk us through introductions to athletes and things like that, and how you get to be able to train these kinds of athletes, and how you get on top. At the start, it was literally just cold calling. Like, yeah. I was like, hey, man. Like, Send him a text on his Yeah, phone. literally, yeah. like, flick him a message. Yeah. Like, Who was hey, the first man. one to... First one we had was Will Power yeah. and Mitch Georgiades. They wow. were our first two. Um, so, they were awesome. And That's under-18s or AFL? They were they were AFL. Yeah. So, they were the first two. Then we had Carlo Tizano, who plays um, Super Rugby. Um, and he was, he was fantastic as well. And then we had a few others that come on board as well, but I do remember Pauly and, and Mitch being the kind of first two that really started. Um, we had Damon Greaves as well, who, who used to be a Hawthorne. But yeah, we had we probably were doing like 10 AFL athletes in the first year, wow. which was really cool. And then, you know, once we got down here, we started doing some stuff with the ball magnets, so like Tom Mitchell and Paddy Cripps, which <laughs> was really cool as well. So. We're doing a few sessions with them and, and getting getting some good content as well. So I guess you um yeah, you just gotta start kind of by adding your validity um and and getting a few people that that are that are biggish names. I guess probably Powley and, and Mitch are probably bigger names now than what they were when they were 18, 19, but that was a really good place to start and just cold calling. Yeah, absolutely. Can you talk us through developing programs and I guess nutritional guides and eight week programs and obviously your ab programs and things like that? Mm, so that was a that was an extremely long process as well because it takes a very long time. You to, didn't have, I guess, a degree. Well, I had, in that kind of thing. So I have a personal trainer um, certificate. Degree, yeah, certificate, right? So so that was kind of where it all started, and then um, I was lucky enough that I've got a sports scientist that also works alongside me in the business, Bo Joyce, and he's fantastic. So I guess I would write the program, um, which which a normal PT would, and, and I could just sell it myself if I really wanted to, but um, it's always good to get a check off from a sports mm-hmm. scientist as well. Um, so I got checked off by, by Bo, and then we started to, yeah, to kind of vlog these programs out, which was... Um, yeah, it was it was a really exciting time, and, and the programs last year were just sold. You know, yeah, just, we sold so many. So that was, I guess, the start of it. And 
then the nutrition program is all about um, first you've got to obviously look at the content, make sure the content's good, mm-hmm. and then second you have to make it look beautiful. Yeah, you know, like you have to make it look really, really good. So I think that the process of making it look really good takes almost longer than the content. Yeah, absolutely. You kind of do all this editing and make it look beautiful and. Um, for the programs, I just do it all through the uh, all through Team Builder app. So it's all on an app, which makes it super accessible, super easy to to access for for anyone, which is um, which is so good. You've got a whoop band on. How I do. What's that like, mate? These are incredible. You just give me a free promo right now. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> mate. These are elite. Um, I pretty much started using it probably. Because they do yeah. everything, right? They do your oh. sleep, everything, such like in-depth, like The data and analytics, mate, are incredible. They are incredible. So um, it's basically just a, a little band that you can connect. You can also unattach these and just grab um, this kind of data yeah, right. uh, tracking thing. You can put that in your shorts or in your yeah, pants see. if you want to as well. So um, it's super accessible for, for anyone to use. Um, it'll track everything that I do. Like you said, sleep. The sleep's incredible, like giving you... I guess, um, kind of like how long you're awake for, if you're sleeping, kind of light light sleep, deep sleep, mm-hmm. or REM sleep. So that's really good for me to know um, how much deep sleep and stuff I'm getting. And, and it's interesting because sometimes you go to bed and you think you're getting eight hours, you might only be getting seven and a half. Yeah. So that's really good. And um, I've, I've never taken it off since I've got it about eight, eight months ago. So um, not like an Apple Watch where you have to take it off. Yeah. Put it on charge. On. So, yeah, these are incredible. Definitely, definitely a cop. 2019 NEAFL Rookie Player of the Year. Can you talk mm-hmm. us about what that was like? Good pick. Uh, yeah, that was that was my first year playing footy um, really at a, at a senior, senior level. Mm-hmm. You know, like playing like against... Like kid, yeah. Yeah, kind of... We've been 18, um, 18, 19, and, and starting to play with... with genuine AFL players, you know, we were going up against, you know, the Tom Mitchells and, um, you know, stuff like that, which was really cool for me as an 18 year old. I'm like looking at him like, wow, I'm playing with Tom Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jai Caldwell, you know, like all these kind of players. And, yeah, for me that was like, oh, this is so cool, you know, I'm playing against AFL players. And um, I probably struggled at the start of the year, to be honest. It's like I, I probably just didn't quite set my feet and then, once the season started to, to roll on, I just started to pick up a lot of confidence. And when you're that young, it's all about confidence. It's got mm-hmm. nothing to do with your um, with your ability, really. It's all about just just believing that you can do it. So towards the end of the year, I really started to believe that, that I had it in me to, to be a really, really good player at, at that level. And, um, and yeah, I started to actually play some good games and string some good games and put it together, which was, which was awesome. Talk through the AFL deal. Last year, because a couple of years ago, me and my mates were talking, and it was the first time I really um, saw of you. And they're like, "Oh, look at this guy, um, Prime Train. Look at him. You know, he's the he's going to be the best player to ever not play AFL." <laughs> and <laughs> well, I I wouldn't I wouldn't ever say that, but um, yeah, I think I think a lot of people think I'm a better footy than I am. Yep. I'm, I'm just yep. a I'm literally just a normal local footy player. I'm nothing crazy at all. Like I'll post my highlights here and there, and sometimes. Um, I have some good highlights, and I'm lucky enough that a lot of the um, the way that I play, it's, it's um, definitely based around highlights, um, especially as a as a forward, medium forward. Um, but yeah, like I, I would never say that, that I'm at the level of 
of what some people think that I am. Um, so yeah, if you if you're coming to watch me play, just curb your expectations. Yeah. <laughs> How many? What's the record you reckon you've got for goals in a game? Goals for a game. Uh, I think I kicked eight. For for senior footy, I kicked eight. Yeah. Uh, junior footy, there was one game. I think I kicked fifteen, but like Oof. it doesn't really. They don't count. Saw so one kid kick forty one or forty two on the weekend. Really? Yeah. You see that? What what age group? Oh, under seventeen or eighteen, something. Yeah, right. Yeah, he forty one. So I still got some work to do. So uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll try and uh, try and get that sorted. Talk us through the AFL deal last year. So I I was approached. Is this what is this about? AFL deal and how it fell through. Okay, yes. I was just making sure I was 100% right. So um, I had a deal with a club. It was two years ago, though. Yeah. Last year. So it was the end of... Um, 21. 21, yeah. So I had a deal with um, with the club. I won't name the club. And, and eventually what happened was they uh, they... And it was at the start of kind of posting this stuff on social media. And um, I had a pretty good year. I played some BFL footy, had some really good games BFL, and then played more local footy because BFL got cancelled because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So I had some really good games local footy. And, and the club came in and said, you know, we like what you do. We're, we're excited. We, we'd like to bring you on board. I had a Zoom meeting with them and everything. Um, and had, it was like six or eight um, recruiters and, and people in there in the meeting and, and eventually um, we kind of had that first meeting and had a second meeting and, and like the sound like it was all good and they were really keen and um, and I thought, oh yeah, like could be on with a chance here and then um, probably a week or two before everything was meant to happen or a week before, um, they they emailed me, they didn't even call me or anything, they emailed me and said, we're not... Um, when we don't think that you're you're you fit in with the culture of the club, so that was based mainly off my social media stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember calling them and saying, you know, I want to go here with with all of this, and they just said, you know, we don't think that that what you do or like what you're posting on social media. It wasn't anything bad. It was actually just like me working out. Yeah. And like yeah. Um, they're like, yeah, we just we just don't think that. That your um, you know your your personality is going to fit in with the club and, and I said okay fair enough and started going off and playing NT footy and that was that was that I I didn't dwell on it too much or care because I was like everything happens for a reason and and the prime train was really starting to take off and I'm like I'm going to focus on that and I had more freedom and more fun doing that probably so that was a um, that was an interesting an interesting time um, but but I really didn't dwell on it that much. Like, I wasn't that like affected by it. Yeah. Um, I know at the end of the day, I'm not really concerned about what other people think about my personality that don't really know me. Um, my family know me. My best friends know me. Um, and and if they like me, that's probably all that matters. Talk us through business and I guess marketing strategies and obviously how that works in terms of fitting in prime on mind to that. Yeah. So marketing for me, it, it, it really centers around. Not around me, which when I say out loud, it sounds a bit cringe, but um, it's, I guess for the Prime Online stuff specifically, it was, I was like the only, I was like modeled it all, I did all the kind of marketing and social media, it was just endless posting, man. It was yeah. A couple of stories a day, remind, remind, remind. Um, people always love giveaways, they love if you post up a story and, um, and or post up a post and say, like, comment down below for, yeah. for this giveaway. So people always froth that kind of stuff. 
and um, and that was kind of the the start of really pushing it out. So that's probably the, the start of marketing strategies. And then, yeah, I guess getting getting someone that's well known to to be the model is always a really really good thing as well. And and using your network of connections um, to to send them out a hoodie or send them out something um, is always uh, is always the way to go because getting some people that are that are influential to wear your stuff. Is always um, yeah, is always beneficial. Absolutely. Now that mer- that first merch drop just really took off. Were you blown away by, I guess, the mass amount of people who flocked as soon as it dropped online? It was crazy, man. It was crazy. I've never seen the Shopify go like my website go so crazy. It was it was humbling. It was it was amazing. Um, but yeah, seeing you sitting the- at the computer just watching it all. Yeah, yeah, I was. I didn't even go to footy training that night. Yeah. I was like. <laughs> I was going to sit here updating it and I was like watching it and it was um, the most humbling thing was seeing like my friends buy it mm-hmm. because my friends are probably like my good friends, especially my Perth friends, have never really like supported it in, in a way of like spending money. They've, yeah. they've helped, they'll like, comment on things or like, um, but they wouldn't like, they won't buy a program or they wouldn't just buy the singlets and stuff. But when I did the Prime Online hoodies and stuff, they were like the first to buy it. And I was like, wow, like this is so amazing. So that was probably the coolest thing for me. Um, and I really was fortunate um, that they supported it and that was so heartwarming. But then, yeah, seeing everyone else buy it, I was like, bro, this, this is crazy, man. So that was that was really, really cool. Um, and that was, yeah, probably the most the most I've ever seen um, money and, and just customers through the website. And then you drop the matching kits a couple of months later. Mm-hmm. Can you talk us through, I guess, the variety of merch and things like that and different designs coming for the future? Yeah, so it's so important as a brand to keep evolving. Yeah. And um, and I said to you off air that, uh, that um, girls buy 10 times more online than what yep. other guys do. So I think <laughs> that, um, which is a crazy stat, but when you think about it, it's it's true. It kind of makes sense. It's yeah. true. And um, so I was like, oh, I'll just uh, kind of focus a little bit on, on kind of getting some girl stuff. So girls really love the, the matching set. So focusing on that. And I think that no streetwear brand is um, is a streetwear brand without kind of getting some trackies and some shorts in as well. So definitely focused on uh, getting some of that sort of stuff. And it's uh, it's been incredible. The the sweatpants have done amazing. The, the sweatshirts went crazy. But, um, but nothing beat piece that first drop of the hoodies they were just mental so I'm very fortunate to have that what would be your best advice to anyone who either wants to be an elite athlete or make it in terms of like the realm of playing state footy I think it's just hard work isn't it at the end of the day and, and it's taking an extreme amount of I, I think it's care in your training your recovery your nutrition the top three most important things and in all three of those things, you've got your mind. And your mind is the most, uh, it, it can make or break you. You know, you've got to be disciplined. You've got to, you've got to find your own motivation sometimes. Your motivation doesn't always exist. So you have to be able to, um, to be disciplined with yourself. You've got to be able to, to work hard on all of these things. And I wake up at 5 a.m. every morning and it's like, every morning I wake up and I'm like, I can I'd like to stay in bed today. Yeah. But that that's not going to help me reach my goals. Mm-hmm. So if your goal is to be an elite athlete or if your goal is to play state footy, then unfortunately you've got to make some some sacrifices. And those sacrifices suck sometimes because 
sometimes you do want to go to the movies with your girlfriend, but instead you might have to go to the gym and get a workout in. You know, you might have to go do your rehab. It might be more beneficial for you to reach your goals by doing that. And, and unfortunately, you've got to cut some people off in that process. And that's probably the most difficult thing that I've had to do is, um, is within reason, be able to, to reach my goals. Um, is, yeah, unfortunately, having to cut some people off. And that, that's the most difficult thing, but it's, uh, it's something that's necessary. So then what's your nutrition like? Nutrition is uh, actually, this is actually, it's so important. Nutrition mm-hmm. is so important. And, and especially, um, I find that getting enough protein is really important. And I don't yeah. want to sound like a gym junkie when I say that, but getting enough protein is extremely, extremely important. So um, today, I've just got a um, mince and some vegetables cooked up, cooked it up last night. And I'll bring that today because I know that today I've got um, to go out and buddy um, drop some things off at, at the warehouse after. And instead of going and buying, you know, a Subway or something, which I do love Subway, just <laughs> for, the, for the record, and Subway's not that bad, but instead of going and, you know, getting a high calorie um, meal, I, I can track my nutrition and, and I know what I'm going to get. So bringing your food with you and, and being organized, that is so important. I'll always start the day off with a high protein um, eggs on toast or something like that. Always have a protein shake every single day. That is just, it just has to be done. Like you just have to do it. So um, sometimes it sucks, but if you've got the good, if you've got the right protein, it's actually beautiful. But um, it's really important to to get your protein in, and you only realise after you start getting all that protein in how much of an effect, a positive effect it has on your body and um, and your mind as well. So how often would you say you train a day? Twice at the moment. Mm-hmm. So this morning I started off with a gym workout, then I went boxing, and then this afternoon I got footy training. Yeah. Um, yesterday I did a 5K run, boxing, and then 1K swim. So yeah. like I like to, uh, and I find... Very enough. Like, yeah. yeah, because I always get bored, man. Yeah. You know, like, you don't want to just go 5K run every day. Like, you've got to keep your mind ready as well. So... I think that a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to train, you know, this one. Like, you've got to, you've got to change it up. Swimming's a new thing, that, and boxing is a new thing as well. I suck at both of them. Terrible at the moment. So I'm, um, I'm stepping out of my comfort zone and trying to try a few different sports. And I always see people say, oh, a hybrid athlete. It's like running and lifting. That's what people call a hybrid yeah. athlete. In my mind, a hybrid athlete is someone that can run, yes, granted, go to the gym, granted, but then also they can swim, they can do boxing, mm-hmm. they can play footy, they can pick up, you know, soccer ball, yeah. they can play basketball. Yeah. You know, like that's a hybrid athlete to me. Like mm-hmm. someone that's a jack of all trades and can do everything. So that's um, that's what I want to be. I want to I want to be able to be sufficient and proficient at uh, at each sport. And I think that that's like it's really cool to be able to do. Be able to go snowboarding. You know. Like, yeah. You can do it. You know that that's really cool to me. Tom, thanks so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on today. No worries, mate. Absolutely appreciate it. You're an absolute legend. I love what you're doing. It's awesome. Thanks, Tom. Stay tuned, everyone, for another episode of Sporting Max. We'll see you soon. This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEM.